Kaputa's Network. Hi, this is Evan Track with the Freebirds Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hey, Matt. And Amy. Hello. And today we'll talk about some of the latest news from Games Workshop, as well as they were uh, they were kind enough to send us a copy of the Eldari Codex, so we'll be taking a look at that. And we'll start, as usual, with hobby stuff. So today, uh, Amy, why don't you go first today? What have you been working on lately that you can share? Because I mean, because that's what is it is, right? It's, it's that kind of thing. But here's here's where I'm at, though. I am now. I'm now at that phase where, like, I, I've got the list, right? Like, so I, I know all the things I have to do, and none of them require like a whole lot of thought. So now I'm my head has already moved on to like, all right, what then? What right? Like yeah. this project currently working on not on my mind anymore in spite of the fact that I'm currently working on it. We've moved on to the what's next factor, um, which <laughs> we've already come up with some dumb ideas. But in addition to that, I've come up with uh, a couple of painting things to try. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to spill the beans quite yet, um, but they could be weird. Um, and I would use them on Eldar and I, I like if it. it works if it works out because <laughs> it's definitely that like not a mini painting thing at all uh i figure if i've got all this art knowledge i might as well use it for something right so why not uh, art <laughs> yeah yeah so it, if this works i will talk about nothing else <laughs> like pretty aggressively but um yeah, it's just sort of, it's the grind stage at this point, right? Uh, we're counting down to Hobby New Year. And so it's, you know, <laughs> you got to out with the old and with the new. Uh, so that's where I am right now. How about you, Jeff? I'm working on a bunch of secret things. Well, I'm working on my Adepticon things, which is, he's right. Like, we're, we're in the nightmare month, so to speak. Mm. This is the time where um, I have to tell my teammates how much room there is in the car and have them ignore my, uh, have them ignore continually what, what tell you demands. it's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't and worry about it. I have to finish painting things. And this is the part where I become kind of like the asshole boss because sure. this is a moment where people go here, I'm done with this. And I look at it. It's, it's not good enough. Give it to me. <laughs> Can I tell Italy. Can I tell the story about your brother? Is that like a thing I'm allowed to do? Um, depends which story about my brother. He does listen to the podcast, so <laughs> oh, we have three listeners. I like so. I don't want to get him in more trouble. Is is it a uh, is it about his team library? Yes. <laughs> the thing is, like now I know kind of why he wasn't necessarily in the mood to build models that night. No, and it. Um, all right, I got to tell you, so it, it pops up on my feet, right? So we, I believe we talked about it on the show a little while back because there's no way to not make fun of it. Um, but there's a, there's a, I'm going to call it a game. It seems generous. Um, 
What's it called? Is it called Model Builder? Wait, I had it in my messages two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, where it is? Where is it? <clears throat> um, can't find it now. It's yeah, it's almost like it's Model be, Builder like Simulator simulation. It is. Um, it's a thing. It really is like it is Model Builder, and so it's it is a model building simulator and. It's got your little desk, which if I had that desk, I'd be pretty happy, actually. And, like, very clearly, like, recognizable bottles of ink, of paint and stuff like that. <laughs> so you can build and paint models. So the other day, I'm, I'm sitting, and uh, I've got my Steam friends list open on my computer. And I happen to see, I happen to see that Phil is on, and Phil is playing Model Builder. And I was like, wait, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I know I saw the name, right? Like model builder. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that can't be, it can't be, it can't be the one. <laughs> no, no. And I looked and it was, and I was like, Oh no, Oh no. I know you have real ones to do. <laughs> and like, not even just, you know, for Adepticon stuff, just like in general, like, like I know you could be putting this this energy, <laughs> doing you know, exactly to doing actual <laughs> models, and um, yeah, it's great. Now, like here, here's a bit like in in Phil's offense, I think like his cat has passed that same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, like there's there's a bunch sure, of sure. context. I'm not begrudging but... him playing video games. It's just because I wouldn't have even <laughs> taken what? note if it had been anything else. <laughs> Right, it it would have been simulated. It would have been like a cat girl thing. It's like sure, fine. Everybody gets curious, but (laughs) (laughs) oh, so good. So that's the thing that's out now. Uh, Came out last week. But I think this Uh, is probably by the same. Um, but but the same because I I know I know my brother like plays. Very eclectic uh, taste in games, but he's played like a mechanic simulator. That I think it's sure, probably sure. by the same developer. So I I understand why he might have been curious, but man, the timing of that was it was just so <laughs> phenomenal. Good. They are in fact the same developer that put out the Aeronautica game. Okay. Oh, um, but it's just it was literally any other video game, and I would not have even noticed. <laughs> not even blinked beyond like ah, oh, Phil's here. <laughs> like whatever, not noticing. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So you the, too can. <laughs> the reviews for the game are are great. Um, <laughs> great game to play while ignoring the real pile of shame on my mini <laughs> workbench. I glued my mouse ten ten, waiting for Warhammer miniatures. Wait, I'm, I'm watching. Like I'm right now. I'm watching the trailer for it, it's and very dramatic. they show you. Side by side, someone using Mall Builder to paint a dwarf, while the other image is someone painting a real fig of the same dwarf. And it's oh, here's here's the thing: like, there's pros and cons, right? Like, the pros of this is that you get the one thing I've always wanted in modeling, which is an undo button. Sure. I was thinking too, like there's lots of people that use, there's very, it's mostly, they do it a lot for space Marines, right? But there's, there's various programs you can use to like quick test your color schemes Mm -hmm. digitally. Mm -hmm. And I get the appeal of that. I do. Cause usually I just screw it up. It was like, we were talking about, uh, 
you know, color choices and things like that. And usually I'll, I'll, I'll settle on a color choice on model one and by model 15, I am starting to question it, but we yeah, are right. not, we own forward is the only direction we're too, going too far to go back now. Yeah. We're just going to learn to live with it. Yeah. In this hobby, like the first model is the point of no return sometimes. Yeah. You're just like, well, okay. Yeah, the one skill that you appear to have in this game that I would love to have is snipping things off the sprue without having to uh, scrape anything afterward. Yeah, yeah. But um, you well, you what? just need the god hands. That's all. That's right. Oh, <laughs> easy. Find a god. No, take no, no. His god hand. hand are the those are the the seventy five dollar Gundam snippers. But they won't remove mold marks. They just they'll just snip easy. <laughs> yeah, mold lines. You know what my the mold line type I hate the most is Games Workshop's becoming a real problem with this is that sometimes some of their models will have almost no mold lines, meaning that as long as you're gray on gray, it, it's almost impossible to see the mold line. So you're not removing all of them. Mm. And then the moment you start doing any kind of shading, they just see pop. Yeah. And that's why I wind up. That's why I wind up doing Xenophil priming even when I really do not have to. Because mm -hmm. at least then it's not too late to go back. Yeah. All right. That and, and one they, last that's, one last because this yeah. is the greatest review in the history of reviews. <laughs> oh, I don't Sat, know. One of my books got pretty damn good reviews. Alright, it's not that good, but uh, sat down to paint a nice golden dragon. When I was done, my wife was gone. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, what have you been doing? So just still working on my Adepticon stuff for Titanicus. I posted a picture on our Facebook page. They're um, ready to be weathered, so the painting's all done. Um, Matt, what's you? I did sort of go a little. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, <clears throat> order some nice base, some nice cast bases. Yep. Which I'm waiting to be delivered. Hopefully, they get here before Adepticon. Um, and I ordered also some banners, like. Under gun and crotch banners for Titans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is getting a little out of hand now. Um, but we'll see how far we get before Adepticon. And I also uh, decided to play Warmaster at Adepticon. Ooh. So I toyed with the idea of just painting up an entire new army before then. But then I decided I'll just add a little bit to the army I have and, and not stress You being out. reasonable. I know. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so Warmaster is a game kept alive at this point by 3D printing. Um, yeah. And my brother has a 3D printer, but uh, having him invest the time to print me an entire army, then paint it before Adepticon, yeah, is not, like not reasonable. So I just had him print me a nice Chaos Dragon that I'll be adding to my army. Nice. Um, Jeff so, and I were talking about the future of 3D printing yeah. with Games Workshop, and I figured out, like, this is, this is where it'll go, right? This is a good right? theory. This is a good... So uh, in, uh, in the Aeronautica group um somebody printed all the chaos ships I, I was curious like did they say they printed them or did yeah. they use the old no they're printed oh wow oh yeah no they I link, did link to stls etc because oh, wow. i did finally do a size comparison of um old forge world aeronautic imperialist ships to the new ones yep and no it's not not close no not even close um, no, these these were printed, um, and I was like, "See, that's that's the solution, right?" Yeah. So instead of 
instead of you know as, as things progress because i still I, don't, I still don't you know the failure rates and stuff are too high to be financially viable for like an actual business um but i i think that that instead of so for these limited releases right like this stuff that's going to be a small sale instead of the cheaper to produce but still not cheap uh forge world resin will have forge world printed resin mm -hmm. uh which i would i would be down for like that i get especially because we could you know you could put printer hubs wherever you know what i mean so yeah. that you're not trying to ship from stupid places and things like that and maybe maybe the people in australia could get like could get cut a break like for once i mean and like there's there's a lot of possibilities and we will see the signs when this kind of starts happening like one of the first things we'll notice is first of all like you mentioned like small models that they do limited run and end up being for Forge World for box games definitely are prime candidates for 3D printing. But also now they've started doing this uh, this thing where they retire some models temporarily. They put them on rotation. Yeah. Yeah. And the major I, orders and stuff. Exactly. So I have a feeling that these are going to be kind of the first things to end up in 3D printing. Yeah. And when you're talking about printing hubs – there's an easy solution to that because if we're talking about small enough printing, you know, um, print printers and, 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 and setups, these can be in the back store of any Warhammer store. That's true. That's true. But then you've got to, I, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's a little better where you are, but like my local games workshop, Warhammer store, uh, has one employee. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, is about four square hours. feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, I, I don't know that, I don't know that they are also going to babysit a printer. Well, it might not be like every one of them, but if I, if I look at say the, the one um, downtown here in Montreal, yeah, they usually have one or two employees there. Um, these employees do have a lot of downtime where they could be sitting down and removing supports for these, for these orders. And assuming these orders are reasonable quantities and no one is like – we're not talking about 40 people a day picking up orders, which if there were 40 people a day picking up these orders, those they models would wind up back yeah. in yeah, – they'd, yeah. they'd wind up back in, the, uh, in, in production. So I'm just saying like if, if we're going to start predicting where Games Workshop is going to go with 3D printing, we could – we have the option of either um, taking screenshots of close-ups of, uh, of studio models and tweeting angry about it, or we can come <laughs> up with reasonable solutions like these. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I, that's where I think it's going to go. And, I mean, they have a lot of potential for stuff, too, right? So even just with Titanicus, the Reaver Titan is not, does not come with the typical magnet holes or whatever you want to call them as the the warlord titan does right neither do the mm. um do the warhounds but they could easily print 3d bits to right i mean i went on etsy and got 3d bits so i could magnetize my stuff right 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 so there's definitely a lot of potential there and like you said especially for the aeronautica stuff which their studio models are yeah or like the ones that do the mm -hmm. um you know like those the the special necromunda models yeah you know what I mean? Like instead of paying, I, I mean, I I pay 
paid so much money for these stupid airplanes that are coming, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. But uh, yeah. So like, maybe we can find a happy medium. That'd be fun. I have a bunch of weird theories about topics today. Um, I like <laughs> it. It's gonna be a good show. Surprises today. I like it. Well, the the first and probably least exciting bit of news we got was this year's exclusive event miniatures. We're on from lieutenants to blade champions, people. Hell yeah, baby! How many blade, blade like champions? Said, be? Yeah, like I said in the in the uh, pre-show, like I'm glad to see their careers advancing. <laughs> the the orc does look pretty cool, though. That's a nice model. It is. It is. He's cool. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm always down for at work. Yeah, he'd be a pretty good. We could compare him up. He could be a weird boy. Oh, 100 percent easily. Uh, unfortunately, the Space Marine is, is a Space Marine. So sure is, <laughs> sure is. In uh, and also in Warhammer news, uh, somebody very, very special to the Warhammer community recently paid a visit to Warhammer World. Henry Cavill. So here's my favorite part of this, right? So the, there's first of all, there's been some quality memes. There <laughs> have been. I, honestly, like the, the the last 48 hours, not 48 hours, but the last four days have been. Rich in memes because oh, we got we got obviously the the the, the, the Cavill memes, but we also got the uh, new Chaos Space Marine memes, <laughs> <laughs> and those those have been choice. Oh god. Anyways, go on. No, so it's good, right? So it's it. We were talking about it, right? Because it, I mean, sure, it's Henry Cavill, and that's fine. Like I, I've literally not watched anything he's ever done, and that's also fine. But even then, just the break from – we talked about this last time, I believe. The break from uh, the usual fare that you get in to a game <laughs> store, I would be yeah. pretty happy. But it comes down to um, – I don't know who I'm more jealous of. Um, people that got to hang out and meet him. Seeing all the GW people, especially like some of the bigger ones that were off that day <laughs> and were pretty upset about it was pretty good. Um, but I think I'm more – Jealous of Henry Cavill mm, yeah, get getting on. the full tour, getting him close and, and everything. It's fun to thing. see him among real people, though, when it he's is. not, you he's... know, massive and imposing. He, uh, yeah, and it, it does humanize him a lot. And here's the thing: like, I'm, I'm a fairly big Henry Cavill fan. Like, I, I love The Witcher. I'm one of the rare people who actually found Man of Steel to be a good, good and entertaining movie. Um, but. I mean, give me the choice between, hey, would you like to meet a Henry Cavill or go hang out at Warhammer World for yeah, a day and get the VIP? Of Warhammer World. Yeah, yeah, like, and 100%. get the VIP treatment. It's like, I'm sorry, Henry. Because here's the thing, like, a lot of people who are either new or not in the hobby seem to believe that this is the grand revolution for us, that finally we've arrived, and it's... This is like serial revolutionizing podcast. Yeah, it's and yeah, it's 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 except a little weaker, because like, he's not the first celebrity a list celebrity to be into Warhammer. Yeah. Like Robin he's, Williams. Yeah, was. I was about to say he's not yeah, even like, my favorite a list celebrity. To exactly. Be into well, he. I mean, but and that's the thing. Like, I think it's neat. Yeah. But like an, another celebrity doesn't do armor said, Oh man, the community must be so thankful, like and no. 
I'm not. No, we're like, fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this is already kind of the golden age before. Like this, like I said, this is this is neat. Like it's an extra layer of frosting. It's cool, but it's also absolutely has no impact on how I'm going to enjoy my hobby. Yeah. Like if Games Workshop puts out a plastic um, bio titan for Tyranids. That I'm going to be... be thankful about that. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm way more likely to play with the Bio Titan than I am to play with Henry Cavill. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, did, I, I am jealous of the, the Grand Tour and, and getting to like poke around in the displays. It is it is fun watching him dork out, though. Yeah, like, 100%. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm happy to watch anybody dork out about the hobby. You know what I mean? Like it, it brings me joy. Like yes, yes. Be a nerd with me and joy. Luckily, he kept a firm grip on that coffee while he was there too. I he did absolutely. But here's the thing: I'm gonna I'm gonna like put a a twist on it. You you get the choice to see Henry Cavill dork out about Games Workshop at Warhammer World, or same situation: replace Henry Cavill with a Make a Wish kid. Which one is more heartwarming then? Like which one brings you more joy? I mean, they could go together. It'd be fine. That'd be the best. <laughs> they can make that happen. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be fair. Like, that would be mine. That would be <laughs> probably be my ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good also, idea. that Bio-Titan. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, please, probably, probably the Bio-Titan right? first. Please, for future generations. Please just do this thing. <laughs> make this happen. Give him. Give it my name. <laughs> yes, that that was pretty cool. And hey, celebrities are just like us. Um, they are not, and that's fine. <laughs> they don't need to be. Exactly. And we also got to see the other half of Kill Team Nakmund with uh, some some chaos <sighs> guys with uh, one look. Yeah, that one guy. <laughs> no, it's they're all smiling. They, they look know. like they're having a blast. And that's what I, I said. That right, chaos are kind of like orcs in that way. Right, in that they are thrilled to be doing this. Like, what are we doing? Oh, we're gonna go murder. Excellent, thank well, goodness. What What's happening? Them. Oh, I'm being possessed by a god of pestilence. Fantastic. Let's roll out. <laughs> like all of them, all of the time. Super psyched, and I'm into it. Which is, it's so much better than like stoic space fruit. No, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, they are, you know, and it could also be down to, to how they pan the phases on some of them, too, right? Just the way they. Oh, sure. They did it. But um, <laughs> I'm into it either way. Oh, yeah. No. But besides, you know, they have the one the one caster in there, the one psyker in there. Mm-hmm. This is probably just going to be our, our new. I would imagine this is probably just the basis for the new Chaos Space Marine box set. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I have good reasons to think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll discuss some other time in the future. Um, yes. Yeah. But if that's your hope, smile. <laughs> smile like a space marine with a minigun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also we get to see the re- the box that also comes with a nice, nice selection of Sector Mechanicus terrain. Yeah. Right? Some plasma generators. So, I like the uh, way they painted it in this, uh, in this mock-up. Like... It's not the usual Mars red that they always do everything. Yeah, Mars red, super distressed, like yeah, yeah. Nice, nice little. Which change. is cool. 
And, and I, a... I have, to be honest, at this rate, I need to, I'm going to, after Adepticon, slate specifically a couple of months just for scenery because oh, yeah. it's, it's bad. I need... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta. Mm. I, I have more than I know what to do with at this point. Uh, yeah, it's getting out of hand. But I mean, that's the great thing about these kill team boxes, right, is you get a good amount of terrain. And if you're collecting the kill team stuff, you know, one or two or three sets and you'll have enough for a full 40k table too so yeah that's how they get you <laughs> if honestly i it's it's so hard because they're kind of like doing a very good job with these kill team boxes i wanted like i was just about to say to proclaim oh yes well of all the of all the kill team boxes if uh I had to choose a favorite one that is best for me. That would be the one. But then I just remembered, like the first one has a bunch of orc commandos. Like, right. No. <laughs> uh-huh. There's no so far. They're all pretty good. Like, and and maybe like, I'll admit, like maybe I'm just being really lucky because wait, we've had orc commandos, Tau Pathfinders. Now we've got some Eldari Corsairs. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I. I think I mostly like the fact that so far they've managed to keep the variety coming on the factions that they display. Yeah. We haven't yeah. had a kill team box that's Space Marine versus Imperial Guard yet. <laughs> or Space Marine versus other <laughs> Space Marines. Yeah. Yeah, this definitely could have been the good Space Marines versus bad Space Marines. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we have even, what, this is the third box and no Space Marines yet, so. And they're doing a good job of making it like they've they've done the thing that we wanted them to do, which is like if you get into kill team and then you're like, you know, maybe I wanna maybe I wanna move up from here. Like, yeah, that's good. These are good units. Carry on. Yeah, you get a good good uh, general troops unit mm-hmm. in your army with and a character or you know two. Well, um, look at the Tau specifically. So yeah. they put out the Tau box. It comes with Pathfinders. And then they turn around. They put out the new, the new Tau Codex, which doesn't have a lot of new models. But one of these new models is an HQ that is the Pathfinder HQ. Yeah. Right. That's good. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's really good picking of models and units. I was going to say marketing, but yeah, that's definitely it marketing. Is, it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what we get for Kill Team going forward, too. Um, I'm sure eventually we'll see some sort of space stream. That's okay. We've got an, a good amount of variety already. Yeah, I won't begrudge the Space Marine when it shows up. Because we, we've had other things. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not against them doing Space Marine. No. I'm doing, I'm against them doing... Only oh, Space Marines. Yeah, exactly. Aeronautica, where every box set. Oh. <laughs> Here's some more yeah. Imperials for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Oh, I hate yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of Corsairs, the Eldari Codex, which comes in at a robust 200 pages compared to the Space Marines 208, um, the second largest codex date, and there is a lot in here. Yeah, I am over the moon. <laughs> oh, me too. It's you know you get you get your your Eldari, you get the um, 
the Yincarn and all, all their rules, the Yenaid, uh, um, and also a what I'm going to consider to be a, a temporary updated Harlequin's army list, only because... Okay, well, that leads into my theory. Yeah. I have a theory as to why they have rolled the Harlequin's back into this book for now. Um, and my theory is not that there is a big giant Harlequin update coming. I'm not saying they won't get anything ever, but uh, my theory is that they're going to put out Exodites. And so we've, we've, we've cleared up a codex spot. Yeah. For Exodites. Yeah. Because not as that, but this codex basically, um, it, I say, it is a, uh, a in conclusion to whatever they had to say about Eldari for a long while. Yeah. It takes care of the Inari, takes care of the Harlequins, takes care of craft worlds, includes the Corsairs so everybody can shut up. And because <laughs> of the Corsairs, it also kind of it's, – it's a nice little nod to one of the very first codexes that did come out for this edition, which is the Ducari. So at this point, with this codex – Eldar players have a lot to chew on. The only thing they can request more of is plastic, uh, plastic aspect warriors, which unfortunately are not out. But like Amy said, like now the 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 deck is clear. Yeah, and and you know that's what I would be most excited about would be more plastic aspect warriors. But it's I mean you know the, once every year and a half you get a new kit. I'm fine with that. Um, but yes, this definitely encompasses everything that you could want along with the Jakari Codex, uh, besides specific mass of Harlequins, which is fine. They got a workable list in here anyway, right? So, <clears throat> so um, updates across the board. Um, Harlequins have the keyword, I'm going to say Sedas now. Uh, maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. Yeah, that seems right. Close enough. Yes, um, ask me, the French Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Sadaf. So rather than your your different masks, you just you pick a light, dark, or twilight, and um, cup. You know, not not too much change looking through the rules overall. I mean, their weapons are a little different, but they do all now have the minus one to hit in close combat, which is uh, excellent for them because being Harlequins and, and Eldar, they <laughs> are only strength three, uh, toughness three. So that extra minus one to hit definitely, I think, will help them a lot. And uh, also have all the updates to the Eldar. I mean, far too many to go over here. Um, Exarch powers are are still in play. Uh, you do have quite a few more to choose from. Um, faction specific relics for each different craft world. Uh, the the problem I'm having is is what craft world to go with. Because asking me which one's my favorite, the answer is I awesome. have my solution for that. Well, my favorite has always been uh, Samhain or Sawain. I've I've heard that first that they don't pronounce it Sawain right. because they're Eldars. I don't <laughs> know. That's fine. Whatever. Anyways, that's that used to be my my thing. Like I before the new jet bike, I converted hmm. twenty four um, dark Eldar jet bikes. Said they'd look cool as uh, Eldar dead bikes. Anyways, like I was really into it, and I haven't played that army in forever. Um, but that being said, my my solution is different. But go on, I'll like 
I'm gonna let you finish. Let's go. You know, luckily my my top is built in, which is mostly aspect warriors, so they have their own colors anyway. So mm. not too hard there. And uh, same hand, and I ended on my other two favorites. So my jet bikes was have to be red. My ghost warriors was have to be yellow. Well, that's a f- that's one of the things that you can kind of do is also play around and have whatever color you want yeah. and whatever, and just say that you did borrowed troops from an aircraft world and. You know, Damn. I mean, generally in, in competitive play, not that I'm going to be doing any, but as long as you, your opponent knows what craft, I mean, especially these days where you want to keep it all to one with how they've changed the rules anyway. Yeah. Mm, it's not a yeah. big deal. But what what was your solution, if, if you want to? My solution is that Games Workshop gave me the most beautiful gift in this book by oh, saying, yeah. you can do Yanari almost any way you want, you buddy. <laughs> You weren't sure, like, because here's the thing, like, I had, I have a Harlequin army from back when Harlequins were first in an Eldar Codex, and that army became unplayable with the Harlequin Codex because it uses a bunch of extra stuff from, yeah. from Craftworld just painted as Harlequins. Now, that becomes playable again, including the two Wraith Knights I made. Which are beautiful. They're, and they're crazy. Like, they, look <laughs> so, they look so stu- stupid and ambitious. But anyways, but yeah, so I can play those guys again. And the other Eldar that I had, are they look kind of infested with, like, a bluish-purple thing. Like, they're very – they use colors that are very familiar to the Yanari. So I can just make a Yanari force and toss in whatever I want in it. I've uh-huh. got the triumvirate of you need. I've got all of these models already painted. I just now I can just tack on things from from Harlequins, from Drakari, from Craftworld. Just grab whatever I think is fun and toss it in there. And the only rule I need to follow really is that for every unit in one of the uh the, the, the in the force organization slot that I take from a non craft world um selection, I need to have a craft world selection to match it. Yeah. yeah. I think I can do that. <laughs> I think I can manage. Yeah, I think you'll be able to handle that pretty easy and um and I do like that. And like, it's just kind of with them. It's just do whatever you want, right? You can take whatever you want and mix it up however you want. Um, especially with the Harlequins, right? They're just saying, oh, well, you can include Harlequins. Just take a patrol, which is what, an HQ and two troops? That's nothing. Yep. In, yep. in the grand scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. You, do, you could fill out, and really, play, having played Harlequins, a patrol is pretty much enough to get your an entire Harlequin army anyway. Yeah. So you could take a Harlequin, uh, Harlequin patrol and an Eldari patrol, and you would be all set. I'm just going to stick everything in my Yanari army. Yeah, that works too. I mean, yep, yep. <laughs> that's, that's easy to get. I, th- I think the <laughs> only thing I'm not going to stick in there, because they're one of the things that you cannot put in a Yanari army, are Corsairs. But I have other plans for Corsairs. <laughs> and that plan is Dark Eldars. Because I have, like, okay, so so correct me if I'm wrong. Like, because they have the faction keyword Drukari, I can take Corsairs in a Drukari army, right? That's definitely not like because th- this sounds too good to be true for me. Because <laughs> I bought like I bought a Tentalis years ago. Oh, nice. Some people will say, "Wow, you're not good with your money." I like to say, "I think ahead." But so I bought this. I bought this Tentalis because it looks really neat as a pirate ship. 
like a space pirate ship mm -hmm. and those corsairs are going to look absolutely dope on it all i need to do like is make sure that i match the number of, I, I have two other troop choices because cor like corsairs you can't like they don't count towards your compulsory choices uh, unless the entire army is Anurathi, Anurathi, whatever, has that keyword <laughs> that, is, that really only three units in the Codex have. That is the Corsair Void Reavers, Troop Choice, Corsair Void Scars, Elites, and Uriel, their HQ choice. So unless you only take these things, um, <laughs> you're, you need to take other, um, other compulsory choices. But that being said, this is all very neat. <laughs> so I will have a Tentalis filled with little pirate space elves, and it's going to be awesome. So I don't um, know when, though. <laughs> so I think just like just like you, I get super excited when I get this codex, and I started digging through my stuff. I have a, a Hornet um, from Forge World, which is like a cool little... Spin. I know what a Hornet is. I have a couple, and they are so cool. And They're fun to paint, too. The nice, my favorite thing is that the the Falcon model, tried and true, has not changed for a long time. Uh, it is an excellent model. I don't really think it needs to be changed uh, too much. Um, I think the chassis, the chassis, or chassis, or whatever, um, pardon my français, is a little, um, it lacks detail. Yes. Like, like the, the, you, you get models today, like, say, from Tau, and, like, the, 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 the things that you know, usually have to pin line are very, very fine, very detailed, and these are, like, big and thick. Yeah, it's definitely got very, very distinct armor plates on it. Um, but, when I, you know, last year, during the Great Lockdown, when everybody had a bunch of extra money, I bought, a bu like, a bunch of second edition boxes, and it was a bunch, like, six Falcons. So I am all set. Nice. Um, but, I'm uh, I'm probably gonna get myself some uh, some uh, fire prisms. Yes, I do. I do need some some fire prisms. But um, uh, <clears throat> what's nice too is is you know I've always been a big fan of the Phoenix Lords, and uh, each one gives a nice little boost to their associated aspect warriors. Um, as I'm sure you saw from the article, how many banshees, uh, which were considered a a poor unit in the previous codex, have now been turned up as they say to eleven. Um, well, we'll talk uh, about a way to turn them up, turn them up to twelve in a second. <laughs> Ooh, go for it. Tell, tell us. Um, no, no, I, I want to hear you finish your thought on this, but then, then we need to talk about something that I feel may not have been thought through. <laughs> and uh, I'll, you know, just uh, across the board, all the aspect warriors got a little bit of a buff, um, which is is really nice because I think you know they're one of the more distinct things about the the Eldari army. And, um, you know, they were often, if you were not a Shining Spear, sort of left in the dust previously. Um, Guardians also got a little bit of an upgrade. I'm, I'm sure you saw again on the article, uh, the, your Storm Guardians can get a 5-plus invuln save, which is something that, that helps them at least survive a little longer. And uh, Guardian Defenders get that nice ability when they're, they're holding an objective, um, which really, you know, makes them more worthwhile, I think, across the board. So am, am I alone in thinking that the Shining Spear paint scheme uh, weighs a little too much on the Shining and not enough on the Spear? Because that is a bright paint scheme. <laughs> yeah, you know, my um, one of my favorite things about the the older codices is that they had, like, you know, here's Bale Tanner, Shining Spears. You know, they're white with a different color helmet. But here's a couple of things, you know, a couple examples of where we reverse the colors, and they still look really good. Um, 
that is very bright, and I will not be painting my shining spheres like that. <laughs> no, if I paint shining spheres white, they will have some sort of gradient going for them. Yeah, somewhere. Because yeah. it's rough on the eyes. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing, and I don't know if you remember the previous codex, but there was one specific unit that was mm, a, a, a masterpiece of uselessness, <laughs> and that was the Webway Gate. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yes. Can we take yes. a second to talk oh, about yeah. the new Webway Gate? I'm so gate? glad I have my Webway I have Gate one, still. I have oh. one in a box that I bought because it looks so cool, and then I was like, "Oh, this is straight trash." So let's <laughs> let's go to the number one upgrade that from this in this codex. It can't be destroyed anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like it is missing an important piece of information that you usually find on everything from vehicles to infantry to pets. And that is a stat line. It does not have a stat line. Thank God. It's going to be there forever. I don't – because that is some absolutely nasty area denial there. Oh, big time. I love it. Yeah, Just, of course, you know. going to be playing Eldar. Well, yeah. But I, <laughs> I have a worry. Like I have a feeling that's one of those things is going to get a little fact. Um. Maybe, probably. I mean, you know, it's it's with especially with how they change the terrain rules too, right? Because that was the biggest bane of bringing terrain is if there wasn't a space for it, you were out of luck. But now mm -hmm. you, you move the other terrain out of the way. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can set up anywhere on the battlefield more than twelve inches away from the enemy deployment zone, and uh, you just set up the two arches within three inches of each other. You know, it just kind of stays there. It gives light cover and heavy cover. Uh, can't try and balance models on top of it, unstable position. But um, you can pl use it to bring in your units from reserve. And you have the command points cost of what you put in strategic reserve based on the strategic reserves table, which is already in itself pretty crazy that you cut that in half. But here's the fun thing. Whatever comes out of the webway portal can just end up immediately in close combat. Oh, yeah. Hi, we're here. So, and, it, and not only does it end up as in close combat, it counts as making a charge, which is a, a big deal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're not meandering out of this webway gate. They are they are bursting through, and it is... I, oh, I'm so happy I have one. Yeah, it is... Um, which, if you, you know, if you've seen the preview for... Uh, the Howling Banshees, you know, when they charge, uh, they get a little bit of a bonus in close combat due to their Banshee masks, which is your opponent fights last. So if you're going to be doing something, is you usually there's a lot of scenarios where you have that kind of mid-table objective. And if you can put a webway portal close enough to it, it doesn't even have to be that close, but just close enough to it, and then just keep a, an, a, a unit of Howling Banshees in reserves. I mean, anything... Oh, sure, absolutely, my good friend. Go sit a unit of your favorite troops on the objective. I will slice it apart. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, the the freedom with which, which, with which you can place the Webway Gate combined with you know, Howling Banshees in Reserve is going to be pretty interesting. 
like n- nothing is an automatic win, but obviously, like this is. I feel that this is a strategy that we're going to see a lot of. And I'm mentioning Howling Banshees just because if I'm going to be bringing something out of reserve directly into close combat, counting as charge, yeah. they're top of my list. Um, some smarter players may have some other options that they think are even better. Cool. <laughs> yep, Jane's Iron and you know maybe a 10-lady squad of Howling Banshees. Sounds like a good thing to me. And originally, when I thought about that, I hadn't even noticed really that didn't ha- the, the the web boy didn't have a po- uh, a stat line. So I thought at least it forces your opponent to shoot at a piece of scenery. And usually, fortifications have a lot of ar like like a lot of wounds, some armor, or they have a higher toughness. Like it, it's a lot of firepower that will go into doing that. But they can't even do that, and it's not very expensive. I don't. Can I? Am I allowed to like names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we're doing yeah, review cool. of the codex. Well, we're we're good. Okay, because it is four power levels. I think it's eighty points. It is. It's only eighty points. That's a pittance. Mm. Eighty points for something that you can use no matter what, and at the beginning of every game you get to select what is going to be coming through it, whether it's howling uh, banshees or a twenty. You know, strong unit of guardian defenders coming out blasting their shrieking catapults at somebody. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. It's very good, and I, I think that is it is the unsung hero of the Eldari Codex so far. <laughs> I think um, you know I, I really like the updates to the uh, Wraith Knight as well. You know, a very impressive model, um, especially if you make them Harlequin themed. But uh, you know, now they actually can take some damage unlike before where they were just sort of they're one of the first knight sized models to come out and didn't didn't quite stand up to the other knight type models in the game that's always the worst right is it's like uh here's the big beautiful model you it, it's not gonna perform uh but you will want it it because was really, it is big yeah. and beautiful it was really good when it was the only one but we made some more and it's not so good. yeah sorry mm. sorry everybody don't even worry about it it's all good it's cool and another small detail one thing that i noticed um very early on and it it gave me pause is that the wraith lord is has has walked its way from the heavy support slot and into the elite slot oh yeah interesting yeah well Uh, i mean the other race are in there so i guess you know yeah, it, it it thematically works, and my first thought was like, wow, that's a weird place to put it. But then when you think about it, Dreadnoughts for Space Marines are also in the Elite slot, so, eh, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Make, makes sense. And they now have the, the Wraithbone form, which is reduced incoming damage. Right? Well, just like Dreadnoughts, right? So pretty typical across the board. Um, but the Wraith Guard and Wraith Blades have it as well, because they're also made of Wraithbone. Yes, and so, I do have a lot of Wraith Guards. So a little little more survival than they were before, which is nice. Um, they still, you know, you want to still have a Spirit Seer near them, uh, just to make sure that they, they stay in line. Keep cool, stay cool. <laughs> They'd be cool. So I noticed, uh, you know, as they're they're really pushing the, the same Hain, um, that's how I'm going to say it, in this codex, just as they're, you know, they're just uh, generic, model color scheme i think it's just the colors that they painted the uh the studio model so they could take nice army pictures yeah and it is one of the more striking color schemes out of the 
It is. And it'll always look nice across from Ultramarines. Yes. Touche, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make a box set or... I mean, from Ultramarines, I mean, if you're taking some Christmas pictures, you can put them against it. Or it's, it's great. Because green and red are mm-hmm, Christmas mm-hmm, colors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, just, I just thought it was... Yeah, I, no, I wanted good. to make sure that... that yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't didn't lose any units from the last codex. Uh, they did gain, you know, as we already discussed, the, the Corsairs and the new um, the Shroud Runners, which are, are scouts on jet bikes, which seems kind of counterintuitive, but um, very nice models. Uh, Games Workshop did send us, as we discussed, the Eldritch Owens box set. Um, mm. And those are, are pretty pretty nice models put together. And uh Luckily, the, the passenger on the back isn't one of those weird ones that has his legs already attached to the vehicle. <laughs> separate piece. So, so we, don't, we don't know what's going to wind up in the uh, Crusade box yet. Which like the, uh, the, the Combat Patrol box? Combat Patrol. Yeah, yeah, true. We, we I, I'm always mistaken on that, that name. It's the first time I got it right. Because so. <laughs> they're well, not Star Collectings anymore. And that was, I was like, I know it's not Star Collecting. Oh, now, yeah. here's a potential theory. Um, I don't know how consistent they've been about this, but every codex has a page that mentions Combat Patrol with an image of a sample Combat Patrol. Mm-hmm. And I believe in most cases, it's what we got in the box. So if it's the case, we're talking about six Windrunner jet bikes, <laughs> a box of Guardians, what seems to be a Farseer, and a Wraith Lord. I sense. would purchase That would that. be pretty oh, all right. Put me down for two. Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty good combat patrol box, and especially, I mean, you know, that has been the way it's been working because the sisters' combat patrol was exactly what was pictured in the box. Um, and that's, you know, that sounds like a typical combat patrol size deal right at yeah. HQ. Uh, troops of fast attack, and then in this case, in elites. So sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Uh, great craft uh, crusade rules in here for the Eldari, as we've expected or come to expect with all the codices. You can, you know, choose choose your path: Harlequins, Eldari, or um... that would be a twenty-three power level box, which is um, pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah, sounds sounds right on the money. Yeah, that's how you keep me quiet for a minute. <laughs> Out of the make pile, make me do some yeah, basic arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. <laughs> um, battle traits for all you, you know, guardians, wraith guard, or wraith lord units, uh, wraith lord units, harlequins. Um, every every you know, however you want to form your your crusade army, you can do it in here, which is is really nice. Whatever you want to choose. I think this is by far one of my not by far. This is this is so far one of my favorite codexes. It helps that it contains three armies essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's good bang for my buck, quote unquote. Uh, but it it also just makes like it it brings a bunch of my malls I owned that weren't necessarily useless, but some of them were useless, and a lot of them were not things I was excited about. And now I am excited about them again. And I think that is something that I've seen a lot from Codexes coming out, but this one has done an exceptional job of it. I do have one complaint. Ooh, what is Ooh, it? All right. And this is probably a thematic thing, but I still think it would have been kind of nice. So we, you know this character that hangs out with um, 
that demon hunting sister of battle whose name escapes me right now. Yes, Kaganil is his yes, name. Yes, Kaganil. Um I, I kind of was I wanted him to be in there and and do things. But yeah. I guess he's I guess he's hanging with a uh, sister of battle that hunts demons, so he's probably more of a uh he's probably more of an inquisitor mm. retinue type guy these days. Yeah, he's he's a little preoccupied with that, so yeah. Because he's a cool mom. I've been looking it for an excuse cool to get him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I live my life. <laughs> not, a, not a bad way just to go for the cool models. Yeah. I need to paint them, though. <laughs> uh, so just, we're still... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, just use Mono Builder. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of games where we've got models on, in, on there in no time. <laughs> so... There is um, – so right now, a lot of the stuff is now in plastic. I think we counted, what, four Aspect Warriors that are still not plastic? Uh, yes, we have – so the oldest of the sculpts, because I've been keeping track, are the web uh, – not the web spiders. The warp spiders, which have only had one sculpt so far. Uh, Striking Scorpions are on their third. Fire Dragons are on their second or third. I can't remember which one, but – um, uh, swooping hawks and swooping hawks are on their second sculpt. So those are the four that currently do not have plastic. So I want to kind of go back to Amy's theory because here's the thing: if they do make exodites, we know so far both howling banshees and dark reapers come with "quote unquote" conversion pieces, you know, the various various heads to make them fit more the um, the inari. But if we're talking about doing exodites, exodites could borrow a few units and models from the 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 the, the Aldari Codex. That's true. And amongst those, striking scorpions and uh and, and swooping hawks would not necessarily be the worst candidates to have them sort of straddle that line. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying, like, if we're gonna see an exodite codex, exodite codex isn't just doesn't necessarily mean just exodite. It could also mean um, more a- plastic aspect warriors. We don't know. And I think, um, you know, the swooping hawks, just based on their aspect, could be much more dynamic, right? Especially with the, how they can, you know, make models now. And um, but you know, def- I think I'd love to see warp spiders just because they're they've had one sculpt and that's it. They look real right? goofy, and they they do look kind of goofy. I, I mean, they look. The, the X Arc looks awesome. The regular guys. Uh, I mean, there's like only two poses, too, which is kind of like a bummer. I mean, admittedly, when I did make um, uh, Striking Scorpions for my army, I just converted some Guardians. Hmm. So. Yeah. Put some little mutant spider leg on their backpack and <laughs> converted their guns. Good times. But you know we're we're getting there. We got two more aspects with this codex. The um, Excite codex could could finish off the, the final four. Did you, uh, man? Did you watch the uh, Exodite episode I one? I have not had a chance to. Yet. Well, then we will talk about it another time. I another time. You guys I made JF watch it. Can talk about it. That is fine. I mean, there's not many spoilers, but as no. 
It is a first episode to what is going to be a series. So anybody that was expecting a beginning, a middle, and an end with a, a climactic uh, action sequence <laughs> doesn't understand story t- serial storytelling, and or they do, and they're just being difficult, which would not necessarily be a new thing. But so far, like as far as setting up how. Uh, military culture and and giving us like an overview of where they're going to go with this and and just giving us a, a first act it's not bad my favorite were the questions that you asked me when i told you that it was worth your time uh, because <laughs> your first question was is there an exodite and my response was briefly but it's talked about a lot and you asked <laughs> me the percentage of imperial and i said about 10% of big space cathedrals being dicks. And you were like, okay. Acceptable parameters. <laughs> These are acceptable. Because can you blame me that it was one of my fears? Like the, the no, advertise this, like, oh, it's called the Exodite. And all the screenshots, the little short pieces that we've seen, like all show Tau things. But then when, when it comes out, it is literally 90% just a bunch of Imperial dudes on an Imperial ship on a bridge arguing about how much they hate the Tau and there's also an Eldar that they also hate. Like, that, oh, yeah. that, is, that is what I expect usually from Xeno's storytelling in the 40K yeah. universe. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I'm glad to hear that there's about 10% uh, Imperial in there. Um, I did, you know, tell military, or at least hopefully we'll get into more of how their battles are set up and stuff, because, um, you know, we've had years and years of, of Space Marine dreadnought cutaways and, and land raider cutaways and we haven't seen quite as much of that with the Tau. so oh, cool. it's good. oh you're you're good oh, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. be very happy. <laughs> i mean i did just see a little thing of like you know the stealth suit opening up the little gift they put out there i was like oh that's really neat so um i'll have to watch it too the uh, the drone dialogue is it's very good it's, it's shockingly very good. good for drones <laughs> excellent <laughs> i'll have to watch that after we're done here yes um, you do <laughs> Uh, have you guys watched any of the other Warhammer no. Plus stuff? I know, Amy, you, you <laughs> kind of were watching some. Um, are you still? Um, I'm wolf, still what did I do? Oh, I sat down and, and caught up on the rest of the Hammer and Bolter that was out. Um, the AdMac one is real good. I still think Bound for Glory is still my favorite one, but I'm biased. So <laughs> they're like, I'm, hey, uh... we got Sneaky Zinch. And I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> Um, I, I want to sit down and watch Angels of Death from beginning to end, like all in one go. That was my uh, plan for it. I wanted to binge I, it. I gotta, I gotta go rewatch that because um, I did watch them all as they came out. But yeah. uh, the animation in the Exodite is also top notch. Like compared to literally all the rest of it, is stunning. Great. I'm very I, excited. I think the only slightly like the only thing that kind of gave me pause at the beginning was the acting for the main character like the voice acting it takes a a couple of scenes before you feel like it kind of settles into itself and then then it just flows with the rest of the quality but everything else is top notch this is this is anybody that's been looking at warhammer stuff thinking wow wouldn't it be great if they had like a 3d animated uh series this is this is the one. This is the yeah. thing. Great. I think you know. For me, it's I have to watch it on my 
this is me being an old man, but it won't play through my Xbox on my TV, so I don't. Oh yeah. no, I watch it on my Roku. Yeah, I need. I need to. I don't have a Roku. I just have an Xbox, so mm. I gotta watch it on my computer. Um, but I will definitely watch the expedite after we're done here. Excellent. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go watch um, the Angels of Death series <laughs> while I paint. Ideal. It's very good for that. I mean, I got a, a couple hour fight coming up soon. I'll just watch, watch stuff for that. There you go. So all the previews you've been seeing lately, uh, other than the Kill Team, have all been related to the Eldar Codex, which you should be able to pre-order by the time you hear this episode. Um, please head over to Facebook. Show us your cool Eldari armies you're making. Um, Amy and Jeff, do you have anything else for the people out there today? Yeah, keep your eyes open. Like uh, I don't know if the you've noticed, but the Warhammer community website kind of said the Turners are coming, and that's yes. <laughs> this, this is where uh, this is where I get real loud. <laughs> you don't hear him scream from wherever you are. Yeah, it's like, oh man, that JF, he sure is annoying. <laughs> Amateur hours about to end. You know, I, I don't know. If, if, did you see the? The rumor engine from yesterday that could be a be definitely definitely not a tyranid from Soldiers. Here's the <laughs> thing, like there was there's one a while ago, like Pinsir that was absolutely totally 100% a tyranid thing came out, and sources said, oh, this is not a tyranid piece. Um, and this time, I kind of immediately made fun of that, but there is theory that it is it's kind of like a, a demon character's wings. Yeah, and, could be, could be. Uh, it could even be a dragon. Yeah, true. I, I don't think the configuration fits a dragon because of how the joints were made, but the joints didn't match the demon yeah. character, yeah. Mm. and those wings are far more shredded than your standard Tyranid wings. Yeah. So it could, but then again, it could be That's like still. a, yeah. I think I think it could go either way, but especially since we've been seeing a lot of chaos things recently. Anyways, you know, whatever, man. <laughs> Try not to think too hard about it. My, I'm, I'm busy enough. <laughs> I expect in about a actually uh, a month from today. Yeah. We'll see some good tiered stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think a month from today we'll uh, we'll have new things to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, like I said, head over to our Facebook. Uh, you know, Feel free to post what you're working on. We'd love to see it. Love to see what sort of cool Eldari stuff you're working on. Um, your Corsair army, once you have that all built. Um, otherwise, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>